This is Corporal Hicks, and you're listening to the 10th episode of the AVP Galaxy Podcast. And replacing the lovely American tones of Mikey, we have Ridge Top. Hey guys, what's up? And I've decided to bring along a British ally, Deshaun Day. Howdy, y'all. And if you've ever been on game night, you'll know him as one of them annoying ones that was the Bane voice. <laughs> Alright, and today we're talking about Colonial Marines. Woo! I felt that that uh. was ghastly will. <laughs> Now, I've recently thrown my review online, so a lot of you should have had a glance at that and seen my impressions. Your two cents. Yes. True. And I'm just going to throw it over to Ridgetop to let us know what he thinks. Well, uh, (laughs) six years in the making, and this is what we got. And, I mean, there's, there's some good things about it, but overall, I don't think any of us can really deny that it was a huge disappointment from what we were expecting. And I don't know. I mean, having played it, I've played the campaign twice now, once on doing once on PC. And I don't know. I mean, the game just feels half finished, which is ironic considering it took them six years to make it. So it's, I don't know, man. It's just... It's, it's not very... It doesn't flow very well, I don't think. I mean, the, the single player, I think, is absolutely friggin' abysmal. The story's pants, buggy as frig. Oh, Great catchphrases, though. Great catchphrases. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> we, Deshaun and I, were just at a marathon show in the films. And this guy doesn't shut up when, when you're watching films. He just kept quoting the Urata to Ashes pretty much constantly. Oh, God. Well, I mean, AVP had a couple of those, too, The you know, don't relax, relax just get first. Yes, that's the one. Yeah, that, that, that was the stupid AI, though. But, I mean, one of, one of the weird things about the campaign in terms of the characters was none of them, and this, this is a common complaint, none of them really ever looked at you. It, they just always kind of felt detached. I mean, even in games, older games like Halo 2, they would at least look at you if you came up to them or something like that. That's some respect for you. So... The Chief's a bit more badass than Winter. But no, I totally get what you mean. I mean, uh, the expressionless as well, the animation on the uh, single-play characters was awful. It's like they just didn't care what was happening around them. Yeah, the whole campaign just kind of felt like it It went through the motions, you know, like, oh, we're back, it's LV-426, here you go, this is exactly what you would expect. And everything they talked about, like, this is going to make Alien 3 a better movie, and this is going to... We're going to finally find out what happened on the Sulaco. We didn't, really. No, that, so, that was just thrown in there, wasn't it? Nothing gets explained at all. It's just left for you to either imagine in your head or just make up. It's, it's a bit disappointing considering, um, I can't remember the names, David Thompson and Paul Bradley, was it? The Battlestar guys were supposed to have written this, or at least the initial version. Yeah, I mean, in the recent interviews, wasn't it just... I can't remember his name, but there's this one guy they interviewed, and I think he became, like, the main writer for the game. I think it was Mikey Newman, the Gearbox writer. Yeah. Who's apparently supposed to... He should be uh, a decent writer. I mean, he's got the series of e-novels that are apparently pretty decent, called the Re-Returners, I think it is. And they're supposed to be good. So, considering that 
disjointed, convoluted crap that we got. I mean, seriously, none of the storyline seemed to even make sense. I mean, plenty of inconsistencies within um, within the game's own story, as well as failing to answer the questions that it well that they, they promised. I suppose the co-op was fun for slagging the game off. It was, but but like you mentioned in your review, it was fun because of us making fun of the game itself. It didn't have the things they promised, like, oh, somebody's going to... It didn't have roles. It wasn't class-based, like we were kind of expecting, at least I was expecting. Like, someone would be on the ocean tracker, someone would have the smart gun, and... It just, it just didn't feel like that at all. It's like you were all just the same Marine walking through tight corridors, and that was it. There's no real tension like having to actually like weld doors shut while other people are covering you and you're having to take out the aliens like it was like initially said you would. Right, yeah. I thought the initial playthrough of the sewer level was pretty tense. That was uh, probably my favourite one. That was probably the best bit, but the actual design of the boilers was just a bit... Dumb-looking. It got rather comical, didn't it? It was just a bit... The, the walk as well was just a bit, like, a bit special. <laughs> for, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I thought did. it was interesting, that, that little section, when they would just walk right up to you and look at you in the face, and you just had to stand all still. I got a kick out of that whole section. I thought it was fun. And, yeah, the boilers looked a little campy, and they never really explained it. It was just kind of assumed, oh, radiation mutated them or whatever. Yeah, that, that was something that was never explained, was it? I mean, uh, in the interviews and stuff, it always went on about... It, well, I think it was the Crushery used to talk about being affected by radiation. He never really addressed the other... But it's just kind of logically, it wouldn't make sense why, even if you go by the different hosts thing, they're all from human hosts, so they all should be kind of the same, but then you've got Crushers, you've got the big... the Raven, who... I don't know what the deal with that was, whether he was just a big, bulky bastard... And also you got the boilers as well, so it just seemed that it was just kind of a bit, didn't really make any sense, or was never really clarified properly. Didn't they try to, um, I, I might be remembering wrongly, but I think that somebody said somewhere that that was supposed to be how the hive splintered up when the queen had died. Uh, like a new hierarchy or something. Mm. So, I mean, um, the raven, I suppose, could have been the new king, quotation marks. Because yeah. a lot of this stuff could have been better explained through the collectibles in the games, like the audio logs and stuff like that, but instead you get kind of half-hearted, you get one kind of nostalgia trip with Newt talking to her mum or whatever, but apart from that, nothing was really properly explained in the audio logs. Mm, I mean, yeah, I can't fault that. This, this, this is a bit thing, but um, is it me or is it implied that the Raven came from Hudson? Uh, I never got that, at least. I'm, no, it's... I mean, I think most people have found Hudson's very under-decayed corpse in the game, but I never really got that impression that the Raven was from Hudson. Now that you mention it, though, it makes sense, because, I mean, he was down in the same area, and maybe that's why he didn't look as decayed as, I don't know, whatever type of alien it was took a longer incubation process or whatever. Maybe that's the, that's the reason that the Raven was so beefy. It was the ultimate badass alien. Or maybe maybe it would be uh, the next DLC where you actually play as Hudson where he gets pulled down and you're actually alive for about four months down there. Wouldn't surprise me. I'm sure Gearbox will find a way to okay. make it make sense. We all know the DLC's going to be Hicks and his long story. And he's been Hudson back. 
that's that's the interesting thing with the DLC is that I think this is the first time I've seen in a game that wasn't a triple A title that they've tried to put out like season passes. Like season passes before they've only been in like Call of Duty and Gears of War, but this yeah. is I'm a game with this low of of cumul- cumulative reviews has a season pass, which which I actually forces them to put out DLC. Sega can't just abandon it like they did with AVP. But it makes me wonder how much effort they're really going to put into the DLC. Do you think that Gearbox are going to try and save face with this? I mean, this this is what the second bad one in two years, three years. When was Duke Nukem? I think Duke it was, was 2011. I think was yeah. a while back. Yeah, I think they can really afford two sort of controversial titles like this. Well, they still haven't addressed it. I mean, they haven't come out with a statement. If you look on their Facebook page and Twitter, there's tons of people giving them all sorts of crap on the comments. Can't blame them, though, can you? No, not at all. I mean, granted, the game, it, it does have its strengths. It just feels really, really unpolished, like it wasn't finished. Uh, it does feel to... very much that a lot of the effort went into multiplayer, and then, like everyone's read to articles and stuff like that, that the single player just kind of felt a bit tacked on afterwards. I, I think multiplayer really is the game's sort of saving grace. Oh no, definitely. Just the, well, the game nights as well, and just multiplayer is probably the best part of the game. It's just a shame that for something like Aliens, where you really want a single player experience, that's the bit that gets let down in favour of the, which admittedly, I'm enjoying it, the the multiplayer. I think for this one, though, it was always going to be more the co-op angle rather than single-player, which is still really... Well, it's still the same kind of thing, a co-op campaign, a single-player campaign, in regards to whereas you've got the campaign, you've got multiplayer. I think if they'd actually put a lot more effort into an actual proper co-op campaign, then I think that would have helped it a lot. But let's, let's talk about multiplayer, then. Oh, well, or overall... Fuck, fuck Rupture. Rupture is bullshit. Love it, especially oh, those moments on escape in the elevator. No, that's just it's ah, oh, it's just a pain. There are kind of cheap in it, but use it. It's awesome. But yeah, how's everybody getting on with it? I'm I'm really enjoying the multiplayer, especially when we do the game nights when I'm actually there, and it's just everyone. You have fun, you have banter, uh, everyone gets abused, and it's just good fun. Yeah, I mean it's it's been pretty awesome. I really like what they've done with the the progression system, like how you're up, upgrading attachments and skins and all that. It, it feels like they could have gone a little bit deeper with that. But it's still something that went beyond what AVP did. All, all they really had was a couple skins you could unlock, but this feels like your your gameplay really has more of a reward to it. See, I think this type of um, gameplay and the game mechanics to it was really what was... Uh, is, is <laughs> For me, that's what I wanted from the game. I wanted something with modern mechanics like this. You know, to be able to customise your marine, click your different sites and stuff. It's like you say, it's, it's there, but it's not quite as deep as, say, Battlefield. I mean, that's probably the game I play most, other than... Well, no, probably the game I play most. And it's been out, what, a year and a half now, maybe? Yeah, I think so. And I'm still unlocking all manner of crap on that. I mean, they're constantly updating with assignments, uh, new DLC, new um, new guns and stuff like that. And it'd be nice to see if Gearbox would include some new weapons, some new add-ons and stuff like that. In the no, I was, 
<laughs> Go ahead. Um, I was just going to say, well, basically, I think it's probably one of the best games I've played in terms of actually customising. You might play a character in terms of your appearance and everything like that. Could probably be more in range of guns and stuff like that, but the attachments, the sights, the shotgun underbarrel thing that Hicks always uses. That is brilliant. Um, I love the Everything like that it just means that each player, you'll essentially feel, will have a different yeah. loadout and different things. I mean, no one ever has much similar. I don't I think so. I think a lot of people use different things. Like I'll pretty much be using the, the battle rifle with the smart scope. I know you'll always use your pulse rifle and your phase plasma gun, which is just awesome. complete bullshit. Awesome. Um, <laughs> But I think a lot of people use different stuff. Um, I think that's probably one of the saving graces in that. Playing things like Call of Duty, uh, especially, what was it, Modern Warfare 3 or Black Ops, where everyone uses the FAMAS with a certain site. I think in this, people use whatever they think helps them best. And a lot of the stuff, I'll change guns depending on game modes and stuff like that. So I think that, that kind of helps it. Don't we think some of it's limited, though, in terms of, I mean, like, they've all got the same 300 slung stuff. Um, grenade launcher, shotgun, firebomb, or flamethrower. It's the flamethrower and the assault rifle. Proximity mines, stuff like that. I kind of like the um, all fires for the shotguns, like how you have the little electric bolt. Oh, yeah. Shoot into the aliens, and, and you can just blast them with a shotgun while they're all stunned. That's as as the, so annoying. <laughs> as far as the weapons go, though, I mean, they, they did have a couple DLC ones, like the... The plasma one you mentioned. They also had the sharp sticks one, which I think was a PC exclusive, maybe. Yeah, possibly. So I haven't seen that one online. And I think they also had a double barrel shotgun. So I'm wondering if they're going to release like just a weapon pack that you can get as DLC. Yeah, I would assume they'd have released everything else eventually. I mean, that's generally the way uh, companies go with pre-order stuff. Battlefield certainly did it. I don't know about Call of Duty or anything like that. I think Call of Duty has never really had pre-order exclusives apart from the actual collector's editions and stuff like that. Those aren't them. No, I can see them, if they can, doing more movie skins for other characters. Maybe even from the other films and stuff, depending on what they do for map packs. It's like I was saying to you earlier, um, it'd be awesome if they had like, the Wayland Mando prop in 3 in it. Yeah, just having something like that, and if they, I mean, if they add, like, interactive maps, like I was saying before, if they had, like, a Fury 161 map where you could move around, you could shut doors down, and stuff like that, potentially, if you have that in, like, escape or survivor mode, that could work really well. I mean, map-wise, map um, what's, what's everybody's favourite What map? modes do you guys like to... Oh, yeah, okay, we'll go that route. Um, <laughs> I think EVAC, definitely yeah. EVAC. That, one of the objectives, yeah, escape. Yes. Yeah, no, Escape has definitely been probably the most tense, apart from, yes, like I said before, fuck Rupture. That's bullshit. What about you? I I've, honestly, I'm, I'm just all for straight-up team deathmatch. I kind of feel that the aliens are a little underpowered in EVAC. And so I know that's kind of how it's supposed to be, because it's more about you doing the objectives and getting to a certain point. And if you died too quickly as the Marines and it was over, that would be kind of lame too, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just I'm not as good with the alien as I got in AVP yet. So I just feel like I'm always going to die so much more as the alien unless I'm playing Team Deathmatch. I think it's totally down to the, the player. I mean, we've had sessions where we've stopped them as aliens, stopped them on like the first, the first yeah. objective. I mean, it's, it's all about the... It depends a lot on the people you've got on your team as well. If you've got a bunch of people that are just going to charge in as warriors and just try and hack them up to pieces, then, yeah, you're not going to do great. But 
if you've got people who use the like lurkers and stuff like that well, then you've always got potential to actually just destroy the team quite quickly. I think it's really important to have a team in terms of this game, especially as both Marines and aliens, you know, people that you communicate with and everything. Because we really we do really well when we're playing, don't we? I mean. I think the Marines you need teamwork less so as it's still just a case of shooting everything that isn't a Marine. It's just more when you get into the panicky bits like when you are all stuck in an elevator and there's a spitter jumping in and it's just, it can get hectic. I honestly think you need more teamwork as the aliens. I mean, I think the main thing is you can get downed and revived as the Marines in those modes. And so if you take a Marine down, you can't really kill him because he's just down unless you keep on hacking him. By that time, another Marine will have killed you. But as the aliens, you have to go, okay, let's get a few of them down, and while they're helping their guys, while they're reviving them, then we have to all just rush them. So I, at least in my experience, I've found that as you're playing as the aliens in the, the other modes, besides Team Deathmatch, it's just a lot more teamwork is required. Yeah, the aliens just have to plan things out more, but with the marines, you just kind of need to stick together, and you'll normally be okay. But yeah, definitely with the aliens, you need to actually talk to who's on your team, plan out who you're going to take out and where, and stuff like that. Um, so I enjoy that aspect of it, as it does feel more tactical than most other games, which is go there, shoot them, go there, shoot them. So what about maps? How are we feeling about the maps? Map-wise... I don't think there's enough standouts at the minute. I think the two escape ones are probably the best. The only one I can think of for like Team Deathmatch is just the, the Hadley's one with the APC in the middle. I really yeah. like that um, sewer one. I can't remember what it's called. Hive. Yeah, Hive, that one. See, it, it doesn't seem like there's many, does it? I mean, there's probably... Four, yeah, no, you've got Hive, numbers. you've got the Hadley's one, so you've got... Origin? There's the Outdoors one. Excavation. There's two Outdoors ones, actually, isn't there? Mm. There's one yeah. that's, like, just... A, well, I'll say just along the base. You can see the derelict in the background. Yeah, there's one with that quite a few actual, like, buildings and stuff, and the other one's more caves and stuff, isn't there, with the little hive underneath in the middle? I Excavation. Believe. Excavation is the one with the caves, and Origin is the one with the derelicts. Yeah. So, yeah, this is not, not really, what is it, two survivor maps as well, or is it one? Two survivor maps and two evac maps. Uh, so, escape, escape maps, even. I think that's pretty thin on the ground. It is, yeah, it's not... A, Great starting amount. I mean, if if they're going to do map packs, hopefully they'll actually pump out a fair few maps rather than two or three. Um, if they do any map packs, I think they'll have to. I mean, just they have to do three DLC packs, and that'll kind of be the Sega. I would think just wants to get this out of the way at this point. It wants to fulfill the, the season passes that they sold, so they might do one single player little mission or, or whatnot, and the rest will probably be map packs. I'd imagine. Thing. I could see the the bug hunt DLC, the horde mode one. That'll probably come with a fair with a handful of maps as well. Hopefully, anyway. I guess two or three of that. Yeah. Not too many. Potentially more hive-based ones, whereas all the maps you've got at the moment, none are actually really based in a hive. Uh, I think obviously that would help the aliens as well, as you've got a little bit of camouflage to just hide in the walls a bit. And it's only like little spatches of hived-up stuff into it. I mean, where you get the crusher and the boiler, yeah. Survivor's probably, not Survivor, um, Orbit, the Survivor map. Are you talking about the one on the spaceship? Yeah, the spaceship, that's got, um, a, a, a drift. Yeah, a drift. that one's pretty cool. That what one's, one's that? Survivors. 
Is that the one where you, you still get the, the turret and basically where you just lock yourself in a room? And you I think it's mid-air, you say. There's two yeah, stages. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another team deathmatch one based on the this one in the ship as well with the little crate you can jump and hide in that never works well. I think that one's actually a drift. Overrun is the survivor one on the spaceship. I'm hoping that we'll get some more movie stuff, you know, the Sulaco, the Derelict. I mean, I would I would buy the DLC just for a Derelict map, just one Derelict map. I would buy it because we've, I don't think there's ever really been any any multiplayer maps in a Derelict, well, in a Space Jockey location. There was, what, that one in AVP 1? I don't think there was one in AVP 2. I know. No. I think it was only single player in AVP 2. Yeah, that was that. Subterranean jockey facility, wasn't it? Yeah. So, what did everybody think of the derelict design in Colonial Marines? I liked it. <laughs> to be honest, I haven't paid too much attention to it. I probably just I went through the campaign once and just been cleaning up a lot of the multiplayer bits as well. I do need to go back and just go through it again on Ultimate Badass or Badass even. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the interiors were okay. I think a few of the Easter eggs felt a bit tacked on like the uh, the glowing red laser sphere and when you shoot the jockey's head and you get the space battle inside. I wasn't overly keen on the, the holograms thing because that did seem a bit lame. But I didn't mind the pups, I thought they were cool. <laughs> nice and subtle. Um, I think the biggest sort of Prometheus nod would be the style of the corridors because it was very sort of, wasn't quite as biomechanical as it appeared in in the films or anything definitely had that sort of rocky rocky style from prometheus yeah i think the main difference is you never really saw in alien you never saw a solid floor of the derelict to walk on whereas in the hallways of prometheus yeah you had that that solid ground which which they added to the hallways and and i mean it makes sense the hallways were a bit bigger in colonial marines derelict the main disappointment for me with the derelict was that there wasn't anything we hadn't seen before. We just went through, you know, we went through the hallways that looked kind of like a mix with the Alien and Prometheus style, went into the jockey chamber, we went into the, the egg chamber, and that was it. We didn't really yes. see anything new. There's a guided tour where you shoot people that are just dotting around the scenery. I think that tends to be what most Alien games try to do, though. Um, give us like a current gen version of those all the same locations. But the other thing to try something new is like AVP two, from what I remember, is even though you have the big facility, the Wayland facility, it's got the doors and stuff recognised, but it still felt different enough from the movies to kind of give it the same personality. I mean, obviously this one being set around all the events in Aliens means that everything is going to be quite familiar. But I think the problem with that is that it doesn't really introduce anything new. It all just kind of it's stuff you've already seen. So there's nothing real, you don't get any surprises in terms of visuals. Yeah, I totally agree with you, yeah. Which is a shame, because again, it seems like you're just paying all that money to do old stuff, play through old locations. I mean, how many times have we played through a colony that looks kind of like Hadley's Hope? Millions. Pretty much, millions. <laughs> pretty much every what, single game. One of the things I was wondering about is, is just recently, I was looking through that old initial game and former cover story on it, and they had all this concept art that was done. And like, one was on, it, there was a space station on, on a moon or an asteroid or something like that, and it looked like there was going to be other locations. I think that well was, as, I think that ended up being used in the DS game. 
you end up going to Phobos, one of Mars's moons, and playing through a Wayland Utani facility on uh, on the moon, and end up fighting a quotation marks gorilla alien. Now that that was uh, you laugh. I don't think it was actually supposed to be from a gorilla. It was just mahusiv. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played it. But that was supposed to be a companion piece to Clone and Marines, and supposed to offer like some sort of second side story alongside it. I don't see how that fits in whatsoever at all with Clone and Marines now. I think that was said at some point by Gearbox that that was no longer the case. Gearbox saying things that aren't true? <laughs> no, that, that was true. Gearbox said that it wasn't the case anymore. You See, you take that back. You take that back. I, I take it back. There we go. Did anybody else have a plug infestation? I can't remember. I, I've got it on the DS, but I never get around to actually playing it just because I never played my DS. But yeah, I don't have a DS, so... It's, I, I, do, I do remember it being quite difficult from the bits that I've played. You know what, I probably, I probably found that more enjoyable single-player-wise than Clone Marines. Um, you ended up playing like the full length of, of the Sulaco, which was fun. That was interesting. But that's something. Sulaco in Clone Marines. It looked fantastic. The design of it, I think the internals, I think were really cool and it was really fun playing through yeah. a lot of the ship. Well, the, whole, the whole bit where you watch it from outside as you're going across on the umbilical and just seeing the whole ship was like really good. It was just, when you get inside, you still have the recognisable locations, but probably not as great as they could be. No, no, they weren't quite as we, accurate. Said, as, as we noticed earlier when we were like watching it, like, hang on, there's two dropships in that hangar, and oh, the Slaco hangar is a lot smaller in the game than it was in the film. I mean, other, other people notice little other inconsistencies. Um, locker placement, some some of the wrong signage and stuff like that. But I mean, like in terms of the other stuff that we didn't necessarily see in the films, like the bridge and like all the FTL drive bits, I thought that it looked really cool. Um, it looked really like it, it fit. I mean, cause Sid Mead had obviously come on and designed it. It was fun to be able to play through the rest of the ship. And it's not, which is not something we've really got to do before. We've never really got to explore. No, I think the best thing about that was I actually felt like it could be part of the same ship, whereas sometimes you find things tacked on, but it felt like, being that obviously you would Sid me designing it, it felt like it was just part of the Sulaco, and if you weren't going into a different location, you feel like it could be a part of the ship that the characters in the film would go to. See, so there, there are certain aspects of the game that have been good in terms of the single player and stuff like that. Oh no, definitely. Not a lot of the sounds are excellent. The pulse rifle, the motion tracker. I know a lot of people complain that you couldn't use a gun and the motion tracker at the same time, but I feel that's probably one of the few kind of squad elements that actually got kept in, in that you could uh, feasibly play with one person just using the motion tracker and obviously telling everyone else where the aliens are. See, that, that was definitely, I think, one of the stronger points of the multiplayer. Because yeah, because, oh, sorry. I uh, was going to say, in the single player, you don't really need the motion tracker at all. That's why, you know, it, it's you're just role-playing when you're using it, essentially. Unless unless you're in a section with the lurkers. Did they even have the motion? Oh, yeah, no, the lurkers. Sorry, I was thinking they get boilers. And yeah, it was risk useful against the lurkers. I found them to be the most dangerous aliens in the single player. I don't know, I'll be honest, one of the few gripes is that the lurkers do seem a bit dumb in that sometimes you'll just see them hiding behind cover that is far too small for them. And I'll be like, well, there's your head and there's your tail and I can see that quite easily. So, <laughs> it's it just like the abilities though, the knockdown was a pain in the arse. 
Oh no, the lurkers are probably one of the more annoying enemies to deal with. I think the, the first lurker encounter itself was probably that and the, the boiler boiler encounter. And this is probably two of the best parts of the game. I feel if they'd kept the kind of tension you get in the first lurker encounter all the way through the film, all the, the film, the game, it probably would have improved greatly. But it's instead we get the kind of crazy warriors just run straight at you and kind of love bullets. It showed up in, the Lurker showed up in the derelict bit as well, I think, and the, I remember it being pretty difficult on that bit, when you're going through the derelict the second time, when it's all hived up, or am I imagining that? No, yeah, they were. I, I can't remember that bit myself, um, I think that was a bit where I was just trying to shoot with the bloody face huggers, but I think the lur- Lurkers probably were the better enemies in the game, out of them, uh, the Spitters, which just felt a bit like a Kenner toy. I mean, the Warriors just seem to have been completely demystified completely. Yeah, that was a huge complaint, was the, the alien AI overall. It was pretty poor. I mean, I think there were some instances where they sort of worked their way past the, you know, your ally AI, and get right up to you, and just stop, not seem to do anything with it. Well, no, I had that with, what was it? I think there's a bit where you first, you get to a dropship just after... Um, spoiler alert, um, you meet up with Hicks, and then there's a handful where they literally just stood still and just let me go, okay, bang in the head, bang in the head. And it was just a bit, stuff like that just kind of ruined what little immersion there was. Some instances, it, they seem to do something and be pretty threatening. I mean, the bit in Hadley's Hope, the first level in Hadley's Hope, if, you know, in the the ops battle. If you let them get the side of you, I, I thought they were pretty mean then. Or at least they were in the, the hands-on, you know, when it were a demo. I found them to be really unforgiving if you let them get that close from the sides of you. But from the front, it just seemed like they just wanted to give you a chance to blow them up. And I think that's the main thing where the multiplayer gets the aliens a lot better than the single player in that in multiplayer you can just ambush people as an alien they have no idea where you are if you can just hide in a corner and wait for them to come pounce on them and just smash their face in. Whereas in the single player, you never really got that sense of fear. Like with the multiplayer, you'll always have your motion tracker out just to be like, where the fuck are they? But whereas with single player, it was just a case of finding them and shooting them and then moving on. Okay, let, let's talk Let's talk Alien um, for multiplayer then. Obviously, ever since EVP, we've always had a chance to play as the alien. This is the first time they've changed it up a little bit. We've got third-person perspective now. There's multiple abilities, ranged attacks, although they did have the pounce in AVP2. But, you know, there's more things you can do. How how, how do you guys feel about the new alien approach? I, I enjoy it. It's The, the third-person view doesn't really bother me, I suppose partly because when we played it back at the Expo last year, but partly just because doesn't feel that hard to control. My only gripe is wall walking. The transition if they, is awful. If they just yeah. implemented the same kind of uh, system as AVP where you just go up the wall and swing around, that would be fine. Granted, you still get confused from time to time because I don't really pay attention to where I'm running. But just, that's an improvement. But being able to have all the different abilities, like as a spitter, you've got your long range spit, you've got the, you can get up close, just the little one. I haven't used it yet, but there's like acids. Come up proximity mines. I don't know if you guys have done those where you spit them on the wall and then when people walk past, I think it just adds a lot more 
a lot more variety to the aliens, whereas in all the other games it has just been running up, slashing with your claws or hitting with your tail, essentially. But this adds a new like, kind of dynamic to, to playing as them. Yeah, um, I think playing as aliens was definitely, it takes more getting used to than it did from fluid and AVP, you could climb over anything. And yeah, I mean, for some players it might have been disorienting, so the third person works in terms of being more, I guess, accessible. And, and yeah, like you were saying, the, um, the customization for the aliens is something that we haven't really seen before, and I think it works really well. Just like how you can do a heavy attack and how you can change the appearance of your alien with all their wacky heads that you can put on them. Do, so, we, yeah. think, do we think the appearance does not quite there yet? Um, the, the alien pictures, the skulls themselves, some of the warriors look, look, they look cool, but they don't really fit the actual creature itself, like having a big like stegosaurus head or whatever just feels a bit like that's not going to fit an event properly and stuff like that, so in a sense it is kind of takes you out of it, but again it's like with the marines that you add your own customization to the alien itself, apart from that the colour thing, having the slight tints on the alien, I think that's lame I think that is a bit it just seems a bit, yeah, not great it's like something you don't really even notice when you're playing in the game, whereas with the heads you do, it's just like a small tint on the body, which is barely noticeable. I would like them to do more head designs. I think I think out of everything, the only one that I really think that's awesome has been the the lurker one that I'm using at the minute, the one that's kind of based on the raven. The, is that like the, the alien the skull without the dome? Mm. Where it's got the skull and stuff. I think that's that's one that looks really good. I think, just be able to customise your stuff. I mean, if you could have different colours for aliens, probably have, like, a newborn look just for shits and giggles and stuff like that. Just even having, even different colours for aliens. No, I'd kind of like... itself. It's going to sound stupid, but do you remember Extinction where they had the K species, the, the yellow ones? They're like the yellow ones, yeah. I'd love to have, like, them and the genocide aliens, the red ones, just for, just for fun. That's who they need. They need Jerry from Stronghold. Mm. Is that the one I'm thinking of? The robot. Yeah, the robot alien with a cigar and a pulse rifle. He needs to be DLC. <laughs> that will save the game completely. That would actually be kind of funny. I don't think they'd do it, but maybe like just like a little level where you're fighting him as like a, um, what were they in AVP? Xenoborgs. There they are. It can, it can walk around as a Xenoborg. God, they were crap, weren't they? Do you remember that? Well, I never played the first AVP. I've got it on Steam, but never, ever managed yeah, to get around to it. Sacrilege. They were tricky, the Xenoboards. It was just like a walking laser platform. It would just take you out in a second. What was this, is the eye you had to shoot, and they had like a little implant by the eye. I think they just... I, I never noticed that. I think they just took a bunch of damage. So I would just pull out the grenade launcher, the Saturn launcher, and blast them. When in doubt, use lots of explosives. I, think right. I, I would like it if they just added a lot more. I mean, the, the Marines have loads of customization, but the aliens certainly have much. It's different skulls. I think if you added all the stuff like, I, th- I haven't made it myself, I think it's one of the comics where you've got red aliens against blue aliens. Um, you've got the, the K aliens, things like Jerry. Just at least, so I'd not necessarily have it be an alien that can use a machine gun, but maybe have an alien skin where it's got a cigar, just as a little nod to the comics. Just something, just as a bit of fun to kind of add into it. Yeah, I think the skins, they didn't do as much as they could have. They're really just little tints that are kind of tacked onto the pre-existing base skin where they could have done something more closer to the films, like, oh, you have an alien that's 
jet black or here's a bluer alien or a brown alien, just closer to the kind of aesthetics we saw in the movies. What do you guys think about the being forced to play as an alien? I don't have a problem with that. I think it's... I mean, there's obviously going to be a lot of players who just are used to playing Call of Duty, so they'll be like, oh, oorah to ashes, and shooting everyone in the face, and then they're not going to be as great as the as the aliens, but I just feel it adds a nice balance, as there'll be people on your team that are better as Marines, and there'll be people that'll be better than aliens, so I think it does balance up okay. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I think it's fine, just to have it switched with the rounds. I, th- I thought it was a pretty bold move, and I, I quite like it myself. I, I actually find them pretty easy to play as I tend to cheat the transition thing with the uh, the auto lock onto another wall where you can yeah you just jump up and down like a little fucking rabbit you don't like <laughs> that do you it's just annoying you move too much I told you my host is the Easter Bunny so that's what that's why I do lots of jumping and it works you gotta admit I'm, I'm pretty handy with a lurker well, to be fair, you've never done it in a proper thing. That's only when we've been getting the challenges and you've been jumping up and down like a complete pain. No, but, I mean, I'll, I'll use the, the wall-to-wall ability to sort of get around the annoying transition because I find that to be a pretty decent escape and I think there's, a, there's an ability where you... Yeah, you jump, jump straight to the ceiling. And you know what is a fun ability? Is it molt and there's the feign your death one? i got to admit, those were cool little ones that I quite liked. Didn't always work. Especially the well, no, didn't, didn't you try to feign death a few times in front of me and I just killed you? Yeah, but you knew I was there. No, I, no, I didn't. You're just you really did. obvious on where you hide. It was in the hive. It was in the resin bits. Yeah, whatever. But now I, I do actually really enjoy playing the alien on this one. I wasn't overly keen on it in um, AVP. And the problem with AVP was the trophy kills just really just just felt like they just ruined the kind of the multiplayer where you would just end up with conga lines after conga lines and stuff like that. But then again, Colonial Marines does have its trade yeah. yeah. Well, it's good. It's, they're really hard to use, though, aren't they? Yeah, it's, you literally have to get someone who doesn't have a clue that you're there. Whereas in AVP, a lot of the time you'd have people just do a heavy attack and stun you, yeah. run around behind you, and you're just like, well, that's just, that's a bit ridiculous. But, no, I think the, the executions themselves are quite cool. I think we've only watched... We've seen a handful of them. Um, I mean, the only thing, the thing is, when you're actually performing them, you don't get a good viewpoint of them, which is kind of disappointing. Um, but some of those are kind of quite creative. I think those are a good addition because um, that's more of like a humiliation thing than anything, where you can just go up to someone at ease and just be like blah and like spit acid on their face. The knife kill of colonial marines. Yeah, it was a nice little add-on for sure. What do you guys think about the whole gearbox scandal? on the demo not being the same thing as the final product. Ooh, touchy subject now. Uh, I don't know, it wasn't as big a deal to me, because at the end of the day, a lot of games don't look as good as the the demo footage. It's not necessarily graphically-wise, it's just the only thing that what annoyed me was that you see the demo, and you see you've got the uh, quick-time events in the cutscenes kind of lean past. Everything does look a lot better, but you seem to have more interaction over it, whereas... In the game itself, just like, oh, man, you're doing it automatically, and there's no kind of, you're not really doing anything. I mean, even Halo 4, at the very beginning, has got a little aspect of quick-time events that just has you feel more in control of the character, rather than just watching something happen. Apart from that lame-ass ending battle. Uh. <laughs> that was probably the worst thing about if that you, game. If you can call it that. Yeah. Well, when you think about it, and, and not to 
badmouth AVP 99 because it's awesome, but it was really the same thing as that. I mean, spoiler alert again, but you're in the hangar and the queen's running around and you just have to launch her out. It was kind of the same thing in AVP. There was no way to kill her. You just press the button and she was out of the airlock. I think, I mean, I can appreciate that it's trying to make it not be like you shoot the queen until she dies. Like, I believe you did that in AVP, the last yeah. one. No, I think, I think, you did. I think, are you sure? I think it's about halfway through the campaign where you got all the eggs and stuff on the ground. I'm fairly certain you just shoot the queen for a while. No, in the rebellion one, the new one, it yeah. was, um, she was all immobilized. You had to run round, reset this fire thing and it would burn her. You have to run round a bit more, defend yourself from warriors and face ogres, reset the fire thing and burn her some more. Mm. I think you threw a few grenades at her, but it wasn't, Basically, just shoot her. It still had a little bit of... Okay, I couldn't remember. But it I think I... One, but... It, it felt better in that it was more of a... That was more of a survival part of it where... I mean, if, it, if you'd taken a bit longer before... Say, there's a bit longer before pressing switches in Colonial Marines or stuff like that, we actually have to defend yourself from it. Maybe even add in a few quick-time events as much as they're hated. It would kind of break the monotony of just go there, press a button, go there, press a button. But I think the problem is that you don't feel, like, vulnerable at any point, really. I mean, I was looking forward to a good old straight-up queen versus power loader. I mean, it might have not been original, but it was in one of the screenshots. And, I mean, we got the raven versus the power loader, but that really was kind of not very fun. I think it was cool to actually be able to use it to smush aliens. Uh, that, I think that's the first time um, just a power loader has been included. I mean, there was the exosuit in AVP2 and everything. But to be able to just smush aside the aliens with the claws and everything. Paolo, they could have used a lot better in the, in the campaign, I think. It's there for what? I think there's two sequences. There's one where you're just opening a big door, and then it's there for the Raven fight. I just think, just breaking up the monotony of the shooting with a few Paolo sequences or stuff like that would have been a lot better. Maybe even when you have to take out the AA guns, if you use the Paolo, it's actually have to take the actual turrets themselves down rather than just firing an RPG at it. That was another thing, though, that was seen in the demo, is, like, you could weld flamethrowers to the power loader, and it just seemed like it would have been utilized a bit better. Then again, pretty much the entire single-player campaign seemed very sort of slapdash, polish it up as much as they could kind of thing. So, I mean, it doesn't overly seem like too much thought and love was put into that. On the plus side, the statue you get, the collector's edition, is actually quite good. Yeah, I thought that was pretty surprising. I thought it was going to be a bit crap like the Duke Nuke one. I was like, they'd probably spend more money on the statues themselves than they did on the game. Mm. Still 70 quid for a statue, though. A video? Mine, mine was like 60. I think I got mine for about 70 off Amazon. But then again, I think that's down to about 30, 40 now. I think, yeah, I got, I got an email the other day saying, like, oh, 45 pounds. I was like, ah. Oh. Yeah. I, I must admit, I feel immensely ripped off when it comes to this game. I mean, I don't typically buy the special editions and I don't typically buy them to start you know pre-order them I feel like I've spent oh God, I tell a lie the collector's edition is actually cheaper on Amazon than the limited edition is collector's edition is 30 quid at the moment that's that's pretty bad yep I kind of want Sega to give me my 30 pound uh, my 40 pound <laughs> that is yeah collector's edition is 29.99 limited edition 31 pounds 90 that's a lot of uh, Could be worse. We could get the Wii U version, which, from the sounds of it, is absolutely woeful. It depends how much of this internet scandal information is true. 
Well, I know there was one that said that the Wii U was essentially graphically worse and there's a handful of mini-games tacked on for, like, um, welding and stuff like that, which, being it for a Wii console, wouldn't surprise me much. Like I said, you don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cancelled the Wii One outright at this point. I don't think anybody would want to buy it, would they? I mean, the only, I think the real selling point of that would have been the using the tablet as your motion tracker thing. I don't think that's enough strength to pay. What, what, 60 quid, 50 quid for a the, Wii U game? On, on Amazon, Comerines is £39. But yeah, Wii, Wii U games are generally very expensive. I know at work, they're pretty much down for, I think Assassin's Creed was about £50. Horrendous. Which is, might just be work, but a lot of places do seem to be very expensive. Game, game has them for about 50 odd quid. Um, I walked in the other, other week and I, I'd never, I'd, I'm not a Nintendo gamer. I've got a DS, I've got Infestation, I've got one of the Pokemons on it. But in general I don't. Lame. Pokemon is fun. <laughs> I wanted a game that took me longer than about three days to finish. I'm still playing it. It's been about a year. <laughs> I'll go, I'll go through random spurts on it. I beat the uh, championship. What more do you want from me? Yeah, catch every single Pokemon. The only Pokemon game I've ever done that on was Pokemon Yellow. I've got all of them. That's because anyone it's possible. I don't think anyone has the time to get all however many there are, 639 Pokemon or whatever. There are a few now, aren't they? They're just stupid. I mean, they've, they've made one called Trubbish. Which is a rubbish bag. Yeah, I know. How 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 far down the barrel, to excuse the pun, can you get? I think I'm kind of hesitant with the new one. Was it X and Y? X and Y. Yeah. I mean, the plus side it's actually a 3D Pokemon that has taken them nearly two decades to actually get around to doing. But yeah, that did actually look cool. The 3D aspect. Yeah. The yeah. actual 3D off the screen thing. I'm not keen on. The 3D game world. Yeah. There we go. I don't like 3D stuff. I've never been a fan. And but we, uh, we seem to be digressing. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> what about price of Nintendo games? Yeah, I don't think anybody would want to pay the Nintendo That's still game. digressing though, isn't it? <laughs> but no, I mean, as a Colonial Marines it? thing, if, oh, if yeah, it was Colonial Marines, so I don't think that would sell well at all, especially considering... Had it come out at the same time as the Xbox and PS3 versions, then I can't see it being a big deal, but at the end of the day... No one's going to pay, what, 40 quid for a game that has got really bad reviews and is on a console that about three people bought. I'm just wondering how it's going to have any sort of staying power. I mean, the PC version has no dedicated servers. That's, I mean, I know for you console players that doesn't really mean anything, but AVP is still going strong. I mean, there's, there's tons of servers online. It's a lot easier to get into games than it is if I was to go on my Xbox and try and find a ranked match. I mean, matchmaking just never really lasts as long, and on the PC platform, it always seems that gamers are a little more passionate about their multiplayer games, and they're not off to the next thing as quickly as they are on consoles. I think PC has a vibe as well, where if they do get the chance, people will be able to mod Chrome Marines and actually add their own things. Whether they'll be able to add more maps and stuff, uh, AVP2 style, I'm not really too sure about, but being able to just have the mods for the games normally will improve the staying power, but... Like you said, the, the servers and stuff is... I mean, that's one of the few gripes where if the person or the host leaves, then you'll get kicked out and you'll lose everything you've done in the match, which just seems really unfair towards the, towards the player. A lot of AAA titles don't let that affect them. I mean, um, Halo has host migration and Call of Duty does and Battlefield does. And I don't... I mean, 
AVP was the same. It didn't have those migration and clone marines, doesn't it? It seems like a daft thing not to include. I think it's just Sega doesn't want to put up the money for the server architecture it takes to do that. I mean, I don't know too much about net- networking, but I would imagine that it's it's a lot more money to to set up all that stuff. Definitely with servers. I mean, you look at all the the hoo ha at the moment with SimCity with all the crap over those servers, and it sounds like it's causing a lot of problems. And that's EA, and they're probably twice as big as Sega. Are. Well, nowadays anyway. So I think unless it's a really big Sega game, they're not. They're just going to leave it being uh, host servers and stuff like that, rather than actually getting proper dedicated servers in. Did Did AVP get released on PC with dedicated servers? No, it came out about. Um, it was a month or two after they added it. So I mean, there's, there's still a chance that you guys could get dedicated servers with Clone Marines, though. There's a chance, but I think Rebellion announced it before the game even came out. They said, we're going to eventually do dedicated servers, and they had it in beta before they released it. But we haven't heard anything about this game, really, post-release from Gearbox. Not anything. I think, well, I imagine if the rumors are true that they might be tied up in some sort of legal stuff, maybe. With Sega, yeah. Yeah. Then again, didn't I think I say Randy, whether to take him at his word on this, they were already on about doing, um, working on a lot of the DLC stuff. So, you know, maybe that's where they're busy, not talking. I mean, they'll have to address it sooner or later. I mean, they're going to put up those trailers for the DLC and it's going to get flooded with comments like, well, what about this? You guys still haven't addressed And that's another thing is the graphics and, and, like you mentioned earlier, the mods that, that the fans are doing on the PC, it was a little pathetic that a day after the game came out, you already had better textures in some areas that were developed just by fans, and you had better lighting. That's the only modding that can be done to it at the minute, isn't it? Yeah. There's no SDK or anything like that. I, I don't think it'll last too long. Hopefully just long enough for me to get all the challenges. <laughs> yeah. It'll end up being like, well, AVP on the console was a nightmare. Trying to do uh, the last rank achievement was horrid. Was that match matchmaking? Yeah, the, matchmaking on AVP was pretty much dreadful from like two months after release. Mm. It was just just waiting up to ten, fifteen minutes for a game, and then you get in and everyone leaves. I just used the glitch for that achievement. <sighs> Heresy. But I suppose in terms of clone arenas. That kind of stuff won't be too horrible to do because um, private games you rank up and single play you rank up. So I, I suppose that kind of stuff's been handled. I mean, because there's one achievement for getting level 60, is it? Yeah. That's that's max rank, isn't it, for clones? But I mean, that you can probably do that by playing the campaign through once yeah. or twice. So that 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 wouldn't be too much of an issue. Um, in terms of doing all your unlocks. I'd like to actually sort out the challenges in some way, though, because having to do them oh, in, in order, order yeah, is like... just so frustrating. I, mean, I remember playing through the first campaign mission, like, having looked at it, like, okay, get five with a secondary weapon, and so many headshots. I do it at the end, and I'm like, I've got one chance, and I'm just like, what? It just seems like a really poor way of structuring it. It seems very lazy. I mean, sometimes I can understand that kind of progression so you're not doing everything all at once but it seems very sort of slapdash in the order that you do them I mean even if they're done away because when you load up you've got the three selected challenge whatever even if you could just pick one from each category that you want to try and get at a time that would be better than the way they've got at the moment where it's just having to go through in order because there'll be some stuff that you can't do and that'll block your progression through them 
you know, like the annoying three pounce thing, where you could only really do that if you got the speed pounce. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of stuff just didn't seem, seem amazingly thought out. Sums up a lot of the game though, doesn't it? Is I mean, I mean, like I said, I probably agree most of your review where it's not a it's not a good game. It's it's not a terrible game. I mean, yeah, the the campaign itself is short and not particularly sweet. But I mean, the multiplayer is its saving grace at the moment. Where you just I'm just just having so much fun in the multiplayer that I can can kind of forgive the few graphical hitches here and there. But I think it is. I mean, it's just a major disappointment from Gearbox considering how good Borderlands One and Two were. But it's just you kind of expected a bit more uh, in a lot of a lot of sense. I think that's where Gearbox's strength kind of lies with the weapon customization. You saw that in the game. The main problems being the graphics, the AI, the story. Well, I guess pretty much everything was was a problem with the game. But in terms of the AI, I mean, aliens. We never really got alien AI until ADP in 2010, and it was good. I mean, they would rush you. They would be crawling on the ceiling, and if you blasted their legs off, they would be slowly crawling towards you. And and that was the kind of polish I think this game needed. EVP, granted, wasn't the most polished game either, but it definitely felt like it, it had more love put into it, even if they didn't have all the resources they had. But then there's this whole scandal with the money and time gate and everything. And I mean, Rebellion, for them, it was genuinely a love game. Love child. I mean, every studio that seems to get the game says that. And but with Rebellion, it was. I mean, because they done, they sort of pioneered that approach, the multi-species approach, and using the alien from as far back as um, the Atari Jaguar. You know, you knew that that was genuinely something that was important to their company and important to their people. Then. Alex Moore, the lead developer on 2010, had worked on the gold edition of Classic. That was, that was 1999? The gold edition came out in 2002, yeah. Um, so that was genuinely something that was important to them. But with how it sounds that Gearbox have gone with Colonial Marines using the money on their own property, and somebody had been saying on the forum that the Sega chap who brought the license for aliens had been sacked off and the current regime doesn't want the property. There's been loads of stuff, so there's been a few things going around that at one point Chromians was cancelled and then brought back. Yeah, but we knew about that, didn't we? I'm pretty sure we knew about that. There were some rumours at some point that it had not been meeting its milestones and that they were going to sack it off. Quite there's always, always, always rumours of it that, it that they were thinking about doing it, but never anything saying that they had cancelled it and then brought it back a bit later. Sounds but like think, a lot of stuff's coming out of it, and it's, yeah. not, it's not showing anybody in a good light. It's like I said, though, with AVP, it's clear that it was something Rebellion cared about and wanted to do well, and it was still a good game. I mean, it wasn't, again, it wasn't anything amazing, but the campaign itself was good enough, the multiplayer had its qualities... But it's just, you look at everything that's happened with Clone Marines, and it just sounds like, from day one, Gearbox just weren't interested in doing it right. And I think that's where so many fans are crying foul, is because every single making of video, Randy was just going on about, oh, we love this game, this is our dream project, da 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 Badass this, badass that. Right, and then it seems like they hardly put the same amount of effort into it, or nowhere near the same amount of effort as they put into some of their other recent releases. Then hasn't that just all been their their stuff? I mean, um, what other stuff have they done that's not theirs recently? Duke Nukem and this. 
And that that was all just the publicity stuff. Uh, you know how they've been going on with this one about how it's the canon and ultimate experience and all that. And Duke Nukem was going on about how it's the you know the classic gaming experience now. Every game has been waiting for this, and it all just seemed very PR pushed. You know, do it all through that. Well, I kind of gave him the benefit of the doubt after Duke Nukem because, from my understanding, that game was mostly developed by 3D Realms. They just kind of made it playable with what they had. Yeah, and Duke Nukem was just given all over the place, like, eventually seven or eight different builds and stuff like that, until eventually, I think, Gearbox essentially just put a few finishing touches on and published it, I believe. But then the, the stuff with Randy and, um, and the press where he's uh, going on about press being held accountable and all the gamers will agree with him and stuff like that. It's, it just seems to focus on what people are saying rather than the product. Like I, think it's very much, I think at the moment it is very much damage and limitation for them at the moment in that they don't, want to, they don't want to have their company image be absolutely ruined, which is why partly they're saying Timegate did this and that and blah, 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 Sega's going to scrap it. So they're trying to save face... I think in a lot of ways, but it is just the fact that it just doesn't seem like any care was put into it properly. I don't know if they really came out and said that, though. I think it was just an ex-developer. Yeah. This is what happened. I mean, they haven't, they've said nothing about the game really since it launched. It'll be interesting to see what's I think that says a lot as well in that they haven't come out and said, well, no, it wasn't Timegate who did that. It was Gearbox or so-and-so. So with them kind of not saying anything, in, in my eyes, it kind of sees as they're just kind of like, just saying that, well, that is right, but they're not going to say anything about it, potentially. I think one of Sega's PR guys said something. They said this game was developed by Gearbox, but they really just touched on it lightly. Yeah, I think that was some Italian Sega event thing that was mentioned. There's a lot of, you know, cloak and dagger, and it's cloudy. and A lot of it's coming from hearsay and rumours and stuff like that, so I don't think we're ever going to 100% know who did the bulk of the game and what's been said is true and stuff like that. So I don't think we're ever going to properly have a, an actual reasoning for why it turned out like it did. It's interesting, you know, as, as we're going along all this stuff that's coming out. I can't say I've expected to see this kind of scandal. Which is what <laughs> not not from an Aliens game, anyway. So, a uh, bit of drama. Keep things interesting for a bit. On the plus side, Creative Assembly Alien game. I've got my fingers crossed for that. I don't know, I kind of feel like I can't get too excited anymore. But then again, when it came to Clone and Marines, the only time I really got excited for it was when I got to play play the multiplayer parts of it, and I've yeah. fun with that. So, I mean, what do you guys think about what, the bit of footage that was shown from Crucible, I think it was a few weeks back, where it pretty much looked near enough finished, and that's been canned again. What did you guys think of that footage? It made me sad. I mean, Obsidian's a pretty decent developer, and we've never had a, an Aliens RPG like that, and it looks pretty cool. The animations were solid, and the characters seemed, from what I saw, at least more interesting than the ones we got in Colonial Marines. So I, I well, I want to say two things in regards to this. I'm not keen on RPGs myself. I've been playing Night. But you, you play Pokemon? That's an RPG. No, you? you know what I mean. Stuff like this, because um, uh... shut up. Um, I've been playing a Star Wars um, RPG, which I'm pretty sure is one Obsidian developed. Um, Knights of the Republic. Yeah, that's the one. One of my mates. They did, ones, they did uh, the one second one. Yeah. I've been playing the first one, and I can't get into it. I can't get. I can't get into this whole RPG style. And what I saw of the footage looked pretty much that kind of setup. 
So it's not something I think I'd have... I think the Aliens RPG looked more of a kind of Mass Effect slash, uh, what's it called, the Spy one, Alpha Protocol type mix than like a turn-based combat one. I think as well as a result of how badly Colonial Marines has, has been received and how poor it is, everybody's gone on to um, rose-tinted glasses in terms of the other releases because there was a surge in people loving AVP. Everybody was raving about the RPG for it. Oh, this is miles better than Clone Marines. You know, that kind of thing. So I don't think it's a proper, at the minute. But, I mean, that happens with every game as well. I mean, the amount of people get Halo 4 and be like, oh, Reach is so much better than the latest Call of Duty and stuff like that. But, I mean, Creative Assembly do have a good track record with games. And if it is going to be like a proper survival horror, like from what I've heard it will be, then I think potentially that has got, a, could be a really a good hit, hopefully, anyway. Might be nice to have something uh, different style to what we've yeah, got, I mean. Different from the FPSs that we've pretty much been, all we've had. Mm. I mean, the, we've only had the odd other things, what was it, the, it was the RTS, which is weird for an alien game. Yeah, what a uh, extinction. But, I mean, that, that was all right. Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed that, but it was but still... The ra- Ravagers and the Carriers, which were god-awful designs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think it will be nice to have that kind of... Um, a, a different, a fresh approach to, to the Alien games. The problem as well with Colonel in is that first-person shooters are just done to death at the moment. Is Literally every game you come out is a first-person shooter. And... I think with Aliens, you have got the potential for lots of different genres, but not necessarily a strategy one, as it would just be weird lining up, oh, here's 500 Aliens taking on 500 Marines and blah, blah, blah. But actually having like a survival horror one, potentially more close to like the original Resident Evils, where you've got no ammo and stuff like that, and you're just trying to stay alive, really, uh, rather than just having a first-person shoot all the time. Uh, even something similar more to Bioshock, potentially, in terms of an alien game, which is still a first-person shooter, but it has the, the environments and stuff to it to kind of change it up a bit. Yeah, I think that was a big problem people had with Colonial Marines, is, is like you said, it was just another shooter, and the fact that it had so many human enemies kind of played into that. The Creative Assemblies game, I mean, we haven't really seen anything on it, but it's supposedly a next-generation title, and so I, I have high hopes for it. I think it looks... It could be good. Um, we've just had Evolution as well recently. The, that's the iPhone one, yes? Yeah, and the, and the Android. Oh, which um, you've reviewed, haven't you? Yeah, I did do a little write-up on that. I've been having fun with it. I mean, as a mobile game, I, I've played some of the higher-end mobile games, like Infinity Blade is really good, and, and it's it's really cool because it's still a relatively new platform. Games have never looked this good on phones until you know, the last few years. So, and on iPad, too, the game really looks awesome. I've had fun with it. Uh, I think, you know, just as a, as a game that's supposed to be played in short bursts, you know, you, you got nothing to do. It's, it's really fun. And um, the guys at, what, what is it, Angry Mob Games, mm-hmm. you can yeah. definitely tell they had a lot of respect for the source material. I've really been enjoying it. I've been playing it on, um, on Android on my Samsung Galaxy tab. And I don't typically play too many mobile games. So, you know, when I'm playing it, I was like, I forgot how impressive that these mobile games can look now, because it looks 
really pretty. It's very... Mobile games are getting a lot, a lot better than the old days of the Nokia 3310s trying to play Snake on that. And now you've got actual proper games which play even playing PS2 quality. Yeah, no, in, um, in a lot of ways. Didn't they port GTA onto iPhone? They yes, GTA 3 yeah. and, and Vice City, I think, are both now either on iPhone or Vice City is coming to iPhone. So that's PS2, that is Xbox. That's only one generation ago, and you've got it on, on your friggin' mobile. On a, hand, on a handheld, yeah. Yeah. The gameplay-wise, I think it's pretty fun as well. I mean, I, I think it's pretty simple evolution but it's still fun it still works i think it works a lot better on on the tablets personally because i play predators on my phone and even then i I thought at the time that my phone was big because i didn't like huge phones but when i got this one um this hdc sensation i thought you know fucking i never thought i'd play some i'd I'd have something this huge and yeah it's it it seems small to me now. When I was playing Predators, it's like I don't have enough room. And playing it on the tablets, I think it works a lot better. A lot more room, and you know, obviously, you can see more of the prettiness. More of the prettiness. That's, That's a word. That is a word. That, that is. Um, I think you should call your English teacher and have a word. <laughs> you know what? Shut up. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, phones these days are probably as good as probably laptops from three years ago. It's, it's ridiculous how far they've come in such a short space of time. <laughs> I have to say as well, though, go and see all the Alien films in the cinema today was excellent. I'd highly recommend, if anyone gets a chance to, to go and see it. Um, stay through for all four films, even Resurrection, because it, you can take the piss out of it and it's good fun. Um, um, but yeah, no, today was... A good day. So, yeah, if anyone gets a chance, I'd say definitely try and see all four, as it's not really something you'd get to do much these days. Tell you what else was, did you notice how many of them seem to be new to the films? But yeah, it looked like a lot of couples there, so probably, probably mostly guys take off and see it and stuff like that. You did have a few, I think someone in the front row looked about 120, but <laughs> there were, it, it was a good mix of people. There were, I mean, a few screamers as well, weren't there? Uh, oh God, yeah, the it was at the bit girl behind me that, that screamed when Dallas got nabbed. And there was um, there was a couple just in front of us as well that were proper sort of forward in the seats all the time. And you know, uh, it, it it was nice to be seeing people like these because obviously me and you and and you as well, Riz, have seen these so many times. Well, yeah, we can we can quote by quote. We know from the the musical timing when something's going to happen. Um, but it's actually good watching people who haven't seen it for a while. I will say one thing, Alien probably hasn't aged greatly. The bit with, with Ash's head on the table was a bit cringeworthy. Yeah, that did get a few laughs from <laughs> the audience. But the really bad guy. And just all those old computers in general mm. in the first film. But I suppose that's yeah. lends some charm to it, though, with the whole, you know, the ship's not top of the line and it's rugged and... Barely holding together, kind of thing. Bit of that retro vibe. Even I think what I enjoyed as well about watching is that it felt like watching a movie. How a couple of times the sound would get distorted and the pitch would go a bit fuzzy, which actually kind of added to the experience a bit. Rather than all the when you go to the cinema these days, it's all just digital and it's just projected on, and you don't get anything like that. It was nice to actually see them on a cinema screen. I don't know about you, but the only times I'd ever really seen them 
scenes them. That's even friggin' worse. English. Um, <laughs> only time I've ever seen them has been at home or that showing that I did on the world's smallest cinema. So to be able to see them on an actual cinema screen was was awesome. Even Vincent's well, the, the sound was a lot better. Like every time I've watched Alien and all the others on my TV at home, I haven't noticed uh, which. I'm probably a really bad fan for doing that, but where every time someone's about to be attacked, you know, and you hear the heartbeat in the background, which I'd yeah, never you noticed said before. That, didn't you? Yeah, well, you always pick different things up with the different viewings, though. You know, little things in the background or whatever, and there's uh, there's always the what is seen cannot be unseen moments, which piss me off so much. You know, like the the little the mistakes is, and stuff. If they didn't save the fucking cat, everyone would have been fine. Brett wouldn't be dead. <laughs> They could have just sat in the airlock and then zapped it out, but no, they've got to save the cat. <laughs> well, okay. We went off on even more of a tangent then. But no, it's... I'm just saying. I know, I know. And well... Okay, so we've covered quite a few bits and bobs today. It's been an interesting one and hopefully fun for everybody to listen to. So this is Corporal Hicks. Yeah, Ridge Top. And... Deshande, Deshande, however you say my name. How do you say it? I don't know, Deshande is how I say it. Okay, there you are. So that's two Brits and an American talking about aliens and a little bit of aliens versus predator. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back to listen to the next episode as well. Bye.